Well, the injury bug has hit the Oklahoma City Thunder very hard. Josh Giddy is out for the season. Could SGA season be ending as well? However, the Thunder do get back Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but Darius Baisley is now doubtful against Portland. How did they do over the weekend, and where do the Thunder sit with eight games left in the regular season? All of that and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by betonline.net. We're going to dive into Josh Giddy being shut down for the season, possibly SGA being shut down as well. Darius Baisley is doubtful. Who is even left on this roster for tonight's game against Portland, which Portland is also going for the, the loss in the tank. The scrappy Thunder barely fall to the Nuggets and so many more injury updates. The injuries are going to front load this podcast today because we've got so much to talk about. Plus, we're going to reset where the Thunder are at with eight games left in the regular season and what is going to happen from here. But today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online is where the game starts. Let's tackle the biggest story. Josh Giddy's rookie season is officially over. He's been out since the first game after the All-Star break in February with hip soreness, and now he won't be able to play for these final eight games. What it came down to, Mark said, was that the rehab process to get to that return-to-play protocol would take him past these eight games. So there's no reason to try to kind of cram in all that rehab uh, and, and get him out there for this last stretch of games. So his his rookie year is over. And Josh said that he has not had any hip injuries in the past, so this is not something that's flaring up again or something that's been lingering his whole career or you know throughout his professional year. Remember, he played professionally overseas uh, in Australia in the NBL before being in the draft and before coming to the Thunder. So his basketball career has not been, has not been littered with hip injuries. This is the first of its kind which might make the rehab process, of course, easier. Remember, Josh Giddy has the streak currently of being the only player to win Western Conference Rookie of the Month. That will end about next week or two weeks from now whenever the NBA announces the awards for March because obviously he hasn't played in March and will not win the March award. But he did win October, November, December, January, and February, and his rookie season is now officially over, but not without historic highlights. Four triple doubles, the youngest to ever record a triple double. Josh Giddy. Plays 54 games this year, scores 12 points per game, seven rebounds per game, six assists per game, 41% from the floor, 26% from three, 70% at the line. He shot 44% in the mid-range, which is 70, uh, 77th percentile overall uh, in the NBA, which is really good for Josh Giddy for his position, according to Clean the Glass. And now you start to look forward to what can happen for Josh Giddy in the future. This offseason will be, of course, littered with accolades again. I'm sure he's going to make first-team all-rookie even in this loaded NBA draft class that saw a ton of top-tier rookies and, you know, Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, 
all vying for rookie of the year, along with Josh Giddy. I mean, how crazy is it that this year you have a guy who, without getting hurt, would have won every single Western Conference Rookie of the Year award, and he might not finish top three in rookie of the year. That's how low this class was, and we knew that for two calendar years. We all hyped up the uh, 2021 draft class, and it's lived up to the billing so far in their careers, but it's now over. And this offseason, again, likely going to be a first-team all-rookie. I'd be shocked if he wasn't, but obviously we'll be on one of the two teams. And there's going to be so much anticipation about Josh Giddy coming up. Number one, everyone is still excited to see how he meshes with SGA. You have one camp that's overly excited about the possibilities because you pair two really good players together. They usually make it work or at least kind of make it look good for a long time. We've seen SGA go on a rampage since returning from injury during the all-star break. And we want to see how these two guys combine because Josh Giddy's kind of groove that he found in the NBA happened while she was out. And you kind of want to see these guys share the floor together. That's number one. Number two, you have him admitting that this offseason he'll be working on his jump shot and trying to reinvent it a little bit and saying, hey, you know, I understand. I need to rework that jump shot. But it's not something you can do during the season. And so we'll see what that jump shot looks like come October next year and what kind of leaps he can make. And, of course, with the Thunder's draft pick situation, they're going to be at four, maybe a little lower, maybe a little higher, depending on the lottery. They're, but the bottom line is they're going to add a very good, young, talented player. And then envisioning that fit with Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy might be done for the regular season, but he's not out of sight, out of mind. This guy is going to be a huge part of what the Thunder are building in Oklahoma City. And for the Thunder to get out of this rebuild process and go to the other side, his development, his connection with SGA, whoever they draft, that all has to work out for the Thunder to get to the other side. So he's a very integral part of what's happening in Oklahoma City. He's just going to miss these final eight games, of course, missing basically the entire uh, post-All-Star break period. Of course, he did play that one game following the All-Star break. But his season is officially over. No more wondering uh, about his status day-to-day or game-to-game. He did practice last week as a limited participant, so he's getting back on the practice floor. And we've seen him at times before games warming up on the court, uh, just going through the motions a bit. So it is getting better where he is participating in some basketball activities, and so his rehab should not be far behind getting back to 100% for the bulk of the offseason, which will be good for him kind of adapting to the NBA lifestyle. So we'll see what the future holds for Josh Giddy. And now talking about SGA. He missed the Nuggets game on Saturday, which of course means that he missed Sunday against the Magic, Wednesday against the Magic, played Monday against the Celtics, and then missed Saturday against the Nuggets. Mark said pregame that listing him as questionable with an ankle soreness injury every game is just not sustainable. Mark also said that the organization will have a conversation with Shea moving forward, likely this week weekend, about what to do this season. And they list him as out against Portland, which seems to have our answer. Again, none of this is confirmed yet. But when you say listing him as questionable is not sustainable, and then you say we're going to have a conversation with SGA about what to do moving forward, and the next injury report that we get is SGA's out, it seems like that conversation has happened, and it seems like they've decided to kind of shut him down for these last eight games. Now, this brings the question, what's so unsustainable about listing him as questionable versus out? And obviously, he was able to ramp up and play against Boston, but not play against Orlando or Denver last week. Well, there's a few reasons why. The first reason doesn't really matter because this is a team that's obviously losing and and aiming for the bottom, but it is harder to game plan or get guys in the right mindset or preparation-wise and sense of, you know, kind of minute load and workload whenever you have SGA lingering of if he's going to play, is he not going to play? Because if he does play, 
He's going to play 30 minutes a night, carry the offense, be the bulk of the uh, ball handling duties, and be this kind of ISO score. If he doesn't play, then all of a sudden, then the Waters with Critchie, they'll Maldon play a lot more, and they play a kind of a different style a little bit than they're used to. That's number one. But again, that one does not matter a bit because the Thunder, frankly, don't really care if they win or lose games right now, and uh, they're just worried about tanking odds and developing young players. So it doesn't really matter that the game plan thing gets thrown off. What does matter is, look, this season's over, right? The only benefit that the Thunder having these eight games would be losing. That's the only outcome that would be good. Because as much as we like to romanticize the regular season or romanticize these games, the difference in Tail Maldon or Pokashevsky or Lindy Waters or Jeremiah Robinson Earl developing into true NBA building blocks to true NBA difference makers is not going to be a Monday night game against Portland in Portland while both teams are trying to lose games. Right? So it's not going to make that much of a difference in general. So the only thing these eight games matter for the Thunder is losing them to get higher up in the tankathon standings and to get the best us at the top overall pick possible and to limit the floor of their pick. That's all that matters. So when you're looking at SGA, he has eight games left to play. There's nothing in front of the team. And for SGA, while it would not be sustainable to me, is just simply rehabbing. There's a difference in rehabbing to try to get your body ready to play in 24 hours versus rehabbing knowing there's no deadline on when you need to finish with this rehab, when you need to be done with this rehab, and you can take it easier, take it slower, and let that ankle heal, heal all the way and then attack this offseason, get any way better that you can, although SGA, of course, is already a great player, but still uh, room for him to grow as a young player. Just attacking this offseason versus maybe limiting yourself this offseason because you pushed yourself for these eight games to play, I think that that's kind of where the unsustainability of the factor is. And so listing him from questionable to out against Portland seems to me that they've had the conversation and SGA will be out for the rest of the season. However, that's not confirmed yet. And we'll talk to Mark pregame on Monday and see what he has to say about SGA's injury and what's going to come of his season coming up. But there's a strong likelihood that the Thunder are going to be without Josh Giddy and SGA. However, the injury updates do not stop there. We have more on Darius Baisley, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and also just who is available for this team moving forward. We'll talk about all that and more, plus reset where the Thunder sit heading into the final eight games of the regular season, all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off of your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off of your next order. They have amazing flavors. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. But with 100% real chocolate on the outside, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with these amazing flavors like mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. They have so many great ones to choose from that I personally love the cookies and cream option. That's my personal favorite. You can go check them out, and they're better for you, of course, than candy bars, which compared to the 130 calories of a Built Bar, candy bars are typically like 240 calories. So you're, you're saving calories. You're making a difference with Built Bar. They're great pre-workout or post-workout or even at some replacement or a snack. Make sure you're checking out Built Bar today. Go to built.com using the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off your next order at built.com. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, 
It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. It's a nightly recap show of every NBA game with breakdowns from our local experts. It's free and available across all platforms so you never miss an episode of Lockdown Now, which of course is recapping every single game of the NBA because we know it's impossible to watch every NBA game the night before. So hear it from our experts, our boots on the ground at every game about what happened the night before in the association. Let's get back into this Thunder injury update, which has come fast and furious over the weekend. We talked SGA, we talked Josh Giddy, and now Darius Baisley is doubtful against Portland. He hurt his knee against the Nuggets, only played 13 minutes against Denver on Sunday, on Saturday. And you can see, you can see the injury happen. It's a knee sprain. He's doubtful for Portland. And just another player is hurt. However, gets traded off with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's back. Mark said Saturday before the game that he was nearing a return. He's been out since February the 3rd with a fracture in his foot, a broken bone in his foot. And against Portland, he is not on the injury report, which means he's back. He's played 44 games so far this year to the tune of seven points, five rebounds and assists, 40% from the floor, 33% from three, and 71% at the line. So that's what's at the stake for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. With eight more games to play, he has more opportunity to kind of prove himself and solidify his NBA season, his NBA rookie season. So we'll see what he can do in these eight games. The Thunder do have one back-to-back left. It will be uh, against Portland at home and then at Utah. Coming off a broken foot for a big man, I'm not sure if he's going to play that back-to-back. But other than that, the schedule is fairly spaced out enough to where he could play you know, seven of eight games for the Thunder down the stretch here and really round out his rookie season. He's shown flashes of being a very good player this year. Uh, obviously, he's also shown some growing pains. And so we'll see how he finishes out the year as, again, with only nine players available, he's going to get a bulk of uh, the minutes and a, a lion's share of the opportunity to kind of show what he can do. I wonder what that looks like with only nine players available. Does he share the floor more with Isaiah Roby or does he take away minutes from Isaiah Roby? How does that look moving forward? But we'll see Jerry plenty down the stretch of this season. So where do the Thunder sit with eight games to go? What's going to happen moving forward? Let's recap the weekend and see where the NBA's at and see where the Thunder are at. The Thunder are one in nine in their last 10 games. That losing streak only broken up by that win on Wednesday against Orlando They're one and a half games back of the worst record in the NBA, which is a three-way tie right now. So the standings on either spectrum, the playoffs, the play-in, or the lottery, not even close to being settled. We're eight games from the end of this regular season. That play-in tournament has really done a wonderful job of accomplishing everything, right? Because it feels like every game matters right now. You're seeing the Hornets take down the Nets, get the tiebreaker, and could flip-flop the play-in seedings to where the Nets have to win two games instead of one in the play-in tournament. You're seeing where it's kind of separating that jumbled-up middle and the tanking teams to where, uh, luckily now for this year, the tanking teams are just all bunched up. Again, one and a half games separates the Thunder from the top overall overall odds at the first overall pick, and that's a three-way tie in that mix. So you've got to make up the one and a half games, and you could be anywhere from one to three depending on that tie. It is just so wild to think of uh, the, the standings. Plus, of course, at the top, you're jostling for a position for home court, for to be in or out of the play-in, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the standings are wild. The Thunder are trying to get into that three-way tie, make it a four-way tie at least as they're one and a half games back of the worst record in the NBA. Indiana 
is four and a half games back in fourth place, which with eight games to go, seems insurmountable, but we'll see. I mean, obviously the Thunder are not going to go on an eight-game winning streak, you wouldn't think. So with eight games to go, Indiana being four back, it seems like the worst the Thunder will do will finish fourth. Portland, who's going all out for the tank, is six and a half games back of Oklahoma City. It seems like they've locked it up as in terms of a, of a bottom four team, but obviously we don't want to count any chickens before they hatch. What did the Thunder schedule look like moving forward? March 28th at Portland is tonight, and then they'll play March 30th in Oklahoma City against Atlanta, April 1st against the Pistons, April 3rd against the Suns, April 5th against Portland for that three-game uh, home swing, and then they end the year on a three-game road swing at Utah on the 6th, uh, at Lakers on the 8th, and then at Clippers on the 10th. Which, all those teams have things to worry about. Of course, Portland will be two tank battle must-lose games, as will the Pistons. Atlanta is still teetering on their seeding and in and out of the play-in game in the East. The Suns have locked up first place. Like They're not going to have to worry about anything, so they're going to sit to where you get that easy loss. You would imagine you get an easy loss whenever they're not really uh, attempting to do much, and uh, you're just going to kind of combat them in that way. The Pistons, Portland, Losses automatically. Atlanta should be gunning for that that game. The Lakers should be gunning for that game. And the Clippers should be gunning for that game. What does the gunning for the game mean for the Lakers who just seemingly cannot win and put it all together for this season? Don't really know. For the Clippers, obviously, there's no incentive for them to lose or to uh, fondle with their play-in standings because their pick's unprotected and no OKC no matter what happens. And then for those of you asking, I've had a ton of people reach out over the weekend. The lottery odds do not finalize until after the play-in. So yes, if the Clippers go to the play-in and lose, they can get back into the lottery. And just like we saw with Golden State last year uh, against Memphis, all that stuff is not finalized until after the play-in. So we don't really know where that Clippers pick is going to land. But here's where the picks are at right now for the Thunder. The Thunder have picked 4, 15, 30th, and 34th heading into this game against Portland, which is an all-out tank battle. So with eight games to play, you might split with Portland. I'll give you one win there. Pistons will be tough, but they're playing better-ish right now. That's that's hopefully an L for for the Thunder. And then I I do think that you sneak up and beat the Suns, you know, Jazz, Lakers, Clippers, one of them. So I'd say two more wins down the stretch here in this eight-game span, even with all the injuries and even with the Thunder, you know, shutting down SGA and Josh Giddey. We saw them nearly snap up and, and beat Denver over the weekend. It took Denver having a clutch moment uh, with Morris down the stretch of that game Saturday to survive the Thunder while in Denver for a team that by no means has anything solidified uh, in the Western Conference. So a lot on the line moving forward in this in this year. And again, that just makes the standing so fun to watch moving forward this season because it's just all jumbled up for each side of the spectrum tanking and gunning for a playoff spot, gunning for the postseason. Coming up, though, we'll preview the Portland game and then also touch on uh, the Nuggets game that we missed over the weekend on Saturday. Uh, we'll talk all about that coming up at first. I want to say right now, about our good friends over at NBA Top Shot. NBA Top Shot is the officially licensed NFT of the NBA uh, contact community, or I should say connect community. Uh, you can connect with a ton of fans from around the NBA because it's officially licensed product by the NBA for NFTs. So hundreds and thousands of players are playing this right now and getting involved in this right now as a way to connect to the NBA and to its fans. It's also the natural progression 
of fantasy sports because you're not just collecting cards as you used to back in the 80s, you know, collecting cards of, of tops and everything else. You're not just collecting cards digitally. There's also a, a fantasy aspect because each night you can go to top shot and predict, you know, who's going to score 10 points, who's going to score 20 points. And that creates a top shot moment to where you're in that exclusive club by predicting what will happen in these games and understanding what's going to happen in these games and following these games, you're predicting what's going to happen and how to create top shot moments and how to create value on the market. So it's like a fantasy card collecting type of thing mushed together on NBA top shot that you're going to want to get involved in. Make sure you go check it out uh, on the NBA top shot website. You can go today and sign up today at locked on.nbatopshot.com locked on nbatopshot.com. It is for you. It changes the way that you view NFTs and the NBA and connects with fans. They also have a ton of rewards periodically. Last year, they sent fans to the finals. They sent fans to the NBA draft. How cool would it be to go to the NBA draft this year and meet the future Thunder prospect that could change the course of Thunder history? So go right now, get involved in Top Shot. They also are invested by Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's always in there discussing with fans, NBA Top Shot inventories and reaching out to fans. So go check it out. LockedOn.NBATopShot.com, LockedOn.NBATopShot.com to sign up today and check out Top Shot at LockedOn.NBATopShot.com. Also, want to tell you right now about our good friends over at RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably couldn't write your emails properly yet. You're probably still learning how to do that, but you could have been buying all the parts your car would ever need at rockauto.com. How cool is that? My favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars, absolutely nothing about cars, but I don't have to know anything about cars. All I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I do not need, parts I cannot use. And since it's online, they don't know what I know. So they're not going to upcharge me. If I walk into a brick and mortar store right now, I'm going to go in there and they're going to spot me out and say, this guy has no idea what he's doing. We can sell him $20 windshield wipers and he's going to buy them. But at rockauto.com, they give me the same low price they give everybody else. Go to rockauto.com, tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about his box and they'll know what to do from there. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back from the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. The Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Check out the Lockdown NBA Podcast for your next listen. It's Lockdown Experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. Subscribe to Lockdown Thunder for free as well on YouTube or any other podcasting platform that you may use. It's all totally free. Everything I ask you to do is free. Follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. So you never miss an episode every single day. We're here talking Thunder basketball. Let's continue this discussion by dipping into what's coming today against Portland. In Portland, it's a late night. Get your coffee ready. And boy, are you going to need a lot of coffee because this is going to be a tough watch. Josh Hart, out. Eric Bledsoe, out. Joe Ingles, out. Dame, out. Azir Little, out. Yusuf Nurkic, out. Anthony Simons, out. Justice Winslow, out. Darius Baisley, doubtful. Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Ty Jerome, Mike Muscala, all out. Season's over. SGA, out. Kenneth Williams, out. And 
What is interesting, though, is that pregame on Saturday, Mark was asked about Kenny Hustle and the update. There's still no update on Kenny Hustle. Zero on that knee injury. We've gotten nothing on Kenny Hustle's knee injury, as we have not gotten anything on Derek, on Derek Favors, although that's more understandable with his back injury. It seems like Kenny Hustle's season's over. That has not been even remotely said by the Thunder themselves. Let me make that personally clear and, and, and obviously clear. However, when there's eight games left, and he's been out for a month, and we've heard nothing of an update on Kenny Hustle. I think his I think his season might be over with this injury, but we never know. OKC is eligible, of course, for hardship contracts uh, if they show choose. Mark was asked about this a couple weeks ago, and at that time he said that they were not looking into this option and that they would if they needed to. However, with nine eligible players now, maybe it's time to look into it. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But for these eight games, remember the Thunder could sign hardship deals with players to just get bodies back on the team as Jerry comes back to make, to be the ninth eligible player. If Jeremiah Rumpsner was not that close to returning and was still out, the Thunder would only have eight players against Portland. So that's how dangerously close the Thunder are to dipping below that line because as we saw with, with Darius Basley last game, things happened during the NBA games, like him spraining his knee, and we saw SGA turn ankles in games. Like Things just happen. So you do want to look for some insurance if you're the Thunder, I think, for that hardship deal. But the big things against Denver, as we kind of touch on that game briefly before we get out of here, they took it down to the wire. They lost 113 to 107 in Denver. Lindy Waters had 14 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals, 40% from three. It shows why the Thunder invested in him on that two-year two-way deal. But Critchy, 42% from the floor, four rebounds, six assists, seven points a block. I am still very fascinated by Vit, especially giving him an offseason in which he's fully healthy to kind of adapt to what he's learned and saw in the NBA this year. The Thunder obviously like him by trading by trading picks for him, uh, a, a pick for him and taking on uh, Admiral Schofield's salary to dump that off for the Wizards. Obviously, they like him a lot. I do find it still very fascinating what they're going to do coming coming up here as they get three uh, first-round picks and a second-round pick this year and need to find roster spots for them or consolidate picks or whatever they end up doing. How are they going to juggle all that around by you know in a way that they can keep a guy like the Critchie moving forward? Poku, again, played nice 17 points on 60% from the floor. Five boards, five assists, two uh, two steals. Nice game from him. My money ball pick was Trey Mann. It ends up being Lindy Waters with four uh, three-pointers, four of ten from three. MVP pick, let's go with Poku. What's coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast? Well, tomorrow we're, of course, going to recap the Portland game and talk all about what would be a must-lose game for the Thunder and what would do them wonders for climbing up that tanking ladder. On Wednesday, we're going to have a draft talk podcast about the 2022 NBA draft. On Thursday, Recap that Hawks game on Friday, a special episode. If you've been around the show a long time, you know that we do NBA draft profile and projections for every prospect. Last year, of course, we had Trey Manns. We had Josh Kiddies. I want to go back and look at Trey Mann, Josh Kiddies, uh rookie profiles and see what I got right, what I got wrong, how I would change it moving forward after seeing them play in the NBA, all that kind of fun stuff before we launch into the 2022 version of our NBA draft prospect profile and projection. What you can do right now is not only subscribe to the show for free, not only follow me on Twitter, but let me know who I should lead that series off with. Who are some of your favorite NBA draft prospects that you for sure want an NBA draft profile and projection episode on? Let me know on Twitter, on the email address at Ryland underscore styles or at lothunderpodgmail.com. Let me know over there what you want to hear about in terms of NBA draft prospects. And until tomorrow, whenever we recap this game against Portland, be good and be good to one another.